Well, hello and welcome back to the DC UK podcast. This is season five and it's episode 14. And as always, I'm your host, James Graham. Well, it's been a couple of weeks since the last show. We've had numerous things happen. We've had a couple of games. We've had some new social network that just launched. We'll talk about that in a moment. Um, rumors, all sorts of happens. Thing, all star. So let's just break into it. Let's get into the show. Let's get the news. And as always, if you want to drop in a question whilst we're going live, feel, please feel free to. Um, answer them as they come through or at the end of the show. So let's kick off today's episode with a little bit of news. Well, so as I mentioned at the start of the show, there's a new little social network that's uh, just recently launched, uh, something called Threads. Um, yes, I have joined. It launched um, early on today, I think it was. Or was it late last night? One of the two. It's, it's launched. I'm on there. It's done by Facebook. I'm not going to call them by their new name or what they should be because I just find that very irritating. But it is Threads by Instagram. I'm on there at DCUKFC. It's very much a Twitter clone. Um, well, it feels like it, but just without any of the ads. Uh, some of the other features, but a hell of a clean interface. And I'm there for it. I am loving the clean interface. Um, so if you're not on it, give it a go. Um, I know some people will be out there who, like, it's Facebook, don't want to give my, de- my data to them. And, yeah, absolutely fine. Um, it's just one extra way you can interact with me. Um, it's been a good start so far. Um, we are, well, as I said, I joined early on today as recording. So this is day one of me being on threads. And um, so far we're up to 76 followers, which isn't bad. So it's pretty good. I'll take that. Um, just comparing to other other RFK refugees, they're on 70, so we're a little bit ahead of the RFK. John, Ted, sorry to say I'm a little bit a little bit ahead of you guys at the moment, but you know, it isn't about that. It's all about the content. So um the club also follow me after I cheekily called them out on it and uh said please follow. So they did. Um so happy about that. But yeah, if you're on there and you follow me already, thank you very much. Um if you're not and you are on threads. Do hit me up on there at DCUKFC. Um, it'd be great to see you on there, interact with you, engage with you, and uh, we'll see what happens with it. Um, whether it continues to grow, um, whether it becomes this big new thing that uh, Elon Musk goes, no! Um, but I've just seen a headline come through on my phone as we're, as we're going live. Uh, so threads, threads draws 30 million users already in a day. It's not bad going. Um, and Twitter have decided to do launch legal action against it because they uh, think they are cloning it, which to be fair, it is very much a clone. They, just, they don't have hashtags. They don't have DMs. They don't have a following feed. It's just very bare bones right now, but they said they are going to develop it. It's going to become better and better over time. So, yeah. And if you're on it and you want the people to know, well, just hit, put them in the chat, put them in the comments, do it. Um, let's get people following each other. Let's build that community. I know over on Twitter, we've got a fantastic community there, um, but it would be great to see people interacting and engaging. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's Threads. Uh, next up on my list is uh, earlier on this week, we acquired a second round pick in the 2024 Super Draft and $50,000 in GAM from New England Revolution. 
this was for the rights to Ian Harks, um, the first right of refusal. Um, the GAM is a conditional amount for 2025. So it's not even, we're getting that straight away or even next year. It's the year after that. And I find that very weird, but you know, um, it's a player we've not obviously had for a while. Um, I find it strange that there is this rights thing and we've got the discovery draft and oh, I don't know. It just feels a bit strange. So, um, yeah, we've got that. Um, check out MLS 101 from last year as well. There's some details about all the weird and wonderful things to do with MLS. So go and check that out. Um, but I don't know, would Ian Hawks do a job for DC United still? Um, cause that leaves me, leads me on to my next point, which is, uh, in the press conference earlier from today, Rooney has, um, said that Lewis O'Brien is unlikely to stay beyond his loan deal, which ends this month on July 16th. So last game against, uh, New England Revolution, um, on July 15th. So yeah. It's very unlikely that we'll keep him beyond that, which is a huge shame because I feel like he's been brilliant. Um, he's been solid. Um, he's got a great left foot on him. He's box to box. He's everything that he was advertised to be. And he's got a great mentality. He seems to be getting on really well with the lads. So yes, it's just a massive shame that we've not been able to come to an agreement with uh, Nottingham Forest. And I hope that is because they either they want to sell him or they're actually going to play him. Um, I would love to see him in the Premier League. They, he deserves the best. He's been brilliant. He's definitely better than the league. He's a good player. So if this is it and he doesn't continue beyond July 16th, well, I want to wish him all the best. Um, it's been a pleasure to watch him play week in, week out because he just keeps going. He's got a great engine on him. Stamina isn't real. So, yeah. Um, again, let me know what you think about Lewis O'Brien. Has he been your MVP for the year so far? Or is it somebody else? That might be a little teaser for a question later on in the show. Um, other things that have happened recently. Um, one thing that I think I was tagged in on Instagram and then I saw it up on Twitter was the rumors of Victor Paulson. So I don't know whether you guys have seen this, but you know, there was rumors that Paulson was going to be leaving DC United to join Belgian side KS Eupen. Um, now, I know he's been out of the side and it's been tight that he's been out of the team for family reasons. Um, and then this came up and I was like, hmm, this seems a bit too coincidental. But the source was, I'd not come across before. So I don't, I, I wanted to take it with a pinch of salt. But I also wanted to comment on it because I feel like we should be commenting on things like that and and talk about them. And because it, it means that we are, especially how we feel about players and what we think and actually what our emotions are to a player like Victor Paulson. Because on a scale of one to 10, how angry is Victor Paulson? It's, uh, yeah, I think if we, if he was to leave, it would be a big miss. I think we've, I see a bit of that. He's definitely not a defensive midfielder anymore. He has dropped his centre back, and I think that's actually worked out really well for him. Um, but yeah, he's back with the team now. So these rumours are a little bit dead in the water. He's back with the team. Uh, we should see him hopefully back this weekend um, against Inter Miami. Um, then we've had, I don't know whether you might have seen something about um, El Trafico and the 4th of July. Um, but there was a record broken. I don't know whether you've seen it, but there was a record. Um, in the highest single game attendance for MLS, um, and that was 82,110. That beats last year's records held by Charlotte FC, which had 74,479 in attendance. So if you tell me that soccer isn't big in America, I'm going to shove my foot where the sun don't shine. <laughs> Because that just says to me, there is a want and a need and a hunger for Major League Soccer in America. It is 
absolutely massive. Um, when you look at it, uh, let's have a little look at highest uh, league attendance in soccer worldwide. Um, so I'm just having a little look. So you, you've got all sorts in here. Um, in this, uh, reputation for great, uh, German Bundesliga is the highest average attendance of 44,000 on average. Then you've got Premier League, La Liga, um, MLS is seventh, um, uh, with an average of 22,106 I don't believe you. Uh, you just haven't tuned in. Um, and I want to, as again, that's the reason why I want to do this podcast and I've done it for the last five years because I want to grow the game. And there is a growing trend in, in the UK and abroad, um, of MLS. And when you look at the likes of the players that are going over to the league, the players that are being produced, um, and the players who, who just want to join or not like them, surprise. Um, get a feel for it. It's just going to get bigger and bigger. And now that Messi's joining the league, it's going to get ridiculous. Um, guess that means that there's going to be a lot more sort of fans of Messi who will just follow into Miami because Messi is there. And then when Messi leaves, they will leave into Miami and then we'll drop their, um, following. But hopefully that'll create some stickiness to the league. Um, and it means that there's more eyes and it'll just not everyone's clamoring for into Miami and they'll go, actually, there's another team. There's, they'll probably go to Orlando or hopefully they'll go to DC United and we'll increase, um, viewership and fans of the, of the club. And if I can help that in any way, I would love to be able to do that. So yeah. And then another thing that helps contribute is things like the MLS All Star Challenge, which we've got. Uh, coming up soon uh, against Arsenal. Um, so they announced today uh, the lineup for the MLS All Star Skills Challenge, which I hope I few guys, few who are listening um, to the show, excuse that noise. There. That was my cable dropping to the floor. I just need to move that. That was quite annoying. Um, yeah, so hopefully a few of you listen out there. Get to go to it. And if you are, I'd love to see some photos and things. Um, and just get a feel from it from across the pond because it'll be interesting to see. And if I do get the opportunity to watch it on, uh, MLS season pass, I will take that opportunity. Um, so the lineup has both DC United players in there, which is no great surprise considering it's in DC. Uh, Ben Teke and Miller are in the MLS All Star team. They're in the skills lineup. And they will be partaking. So Benteke is going to be doing the shooting, the cross and volley and the crossbar challenges, whilst Tyler Miller will be going through the crossbar and cross and volley challenges. Arsenal, meanwhile, they announced theirs. And that will include US men's national team forward, Flaren Balogun, um, who will be alongside the likes of uh, club captain Martin Odegaard and uh, Arsenal's new signing of uh, Kai Havertz, which... I'm still surprised he, they signed him. A bit weird, but you know. There you go. Um, and then there's obviously others like Aaron Ramsdale. I'm surprised Matt Turner's not in. I'm very surprised Matt Turner's not there. Um, again, because of the US men's national team link. Whether that, there's a reason behind that, I don't know. But yeah, there you go. Yeah, whether he's staying in the UK, we'll see. Um, so yeah, so that's the news. Um, I've not seen anything else, um, recently. So on that note, let's play the theme. So we got, uh, some match reviews to go through. So we had a couple of matches recently. Uh, I don't know whether you've seen, um, but last weekend we were up against um, Nashville. I don't know why I just didn't look at my notes and I went blank there for a second, but we had Nashville um, and then we had FC Dallas as well. 
um, in midweek. So let's just talk about the Nashville game because that was the game I actually got to watch because uh, it was on the weekends and it's a lot easier for me to watch a game on the weekend than it is midweek because it's a school night. And if I watched that, if I watched the Dallas game, that would have been, oh, I think half one kickoff, half two kickoff of the second half. I would have been in bed about half three quarters to four and I would have been up at six o'clock. So yeah, that was never going to happen. Um, so yeah, so I watched the Nashville game. That was the same time kickoff, but I managed to, we've taken the turns at home to do Lions and things. So I generally have the Lion on the Sunday. Uh, so I watched this game and a little bit disappointed to say the least. Um, I knew it was always going to be a tough game against Nashville because they are a side that generally don't concede a lot of goals. They don't score a lot, but they don't concede a lot. Um, and when you commit some poor defending um, for the first goal, poor defending and then really bad goal, not really bad goalkeeping, but keeping that could have done better for the second goal, it made it for a very difficult evening. So, yeah, the first half, just we just didn't really turn up. Uh, we didn't get any chances. We just... It felt like we'd made two step. We made a step forward and went two steps backwards um, recently, and it feels like we're doing that quite often at the moment. We go, yep, we've got this really good win against Cincinnati, and then we get beat two 0 by Nashville. Um, but the second half, we did come out a bit better, um, and there was no a sense of urgency, and then we had a. Fantastic opportunity to really take the game to them because Walker Zimmerman, who's a really good defender, I've got time for him. I think he's brilliant, uh, great in the air, um, good strength, but he had a booking in the first half, which was a little bit dubious, I will admit. I'm not so sure it would have been. It's not a booking all the time. I think I was just down to referee's choice, and I think the ref in this game was a little bit lenient uh, for us and uh, very quite strict for um, Nashville. But yeah, he got booked in the first half and then in the second half, he just committed the cynical foul. He should have known better. Um, the, so Taxi came on in the second half and he went down down the wing. Um, Dahomey was there. He looked like he could have passed the ball down the wing to Taxi. Instead, he, he did pass it centrally. So the really... There wasn't actually any interference for Taxi. He's just pulling Nash, uh, pulling Zimmerman away. Um, but he brought Taxi down and off the ball. Could have been a counter counter attacking opportunity. It was a, it was a yellow card that one. So he picked up the second yellow card and then he was sent off. There was a little bit of hoo ha about that. And again, I understand, especially from Gary Smith's point of view, that because of the first yellow card, which, like I said before, I'm not so sure should have been a yellow card. But yeah, um, he picked up the second one. He got sent off in the 64th minute. And yeah, we had this opportunity where we could have really took it to them. And we tried. We really tried. Um we had plenty of opportunities. We had shots, but we couldn't get anything on target. And to Nashville, you've got to give credit where credit is due. They defended resolutely. They kept the clean sheet. They did what they do, um, especially at home with a great crowd behind them. They are noisy as, uh, noisy as beep, actually. Uh, can we get, uh, no, we can't get the uh, a beep on this. Um, so yeah, yeah, tough, really, really tough. Um, I just disappointed. Uh, we should have done much better. So stats wise, um, forty four to fifty six percent possession in our favour. Uh, Nashville had ten shots in the game. We had seventeen. Now this is the big one. Uh, Nashville had three shots on target. We had two two shots out of 17 on targets. Not good in any way, shape, or form. 
Uh, really, really disappointed by that. Um, foul count, 15 to 10, which is what one of the reasons why I was saying about for like Nashville were being hard done by. Um, but again, when you look at the like, the likes of the decision maker from Zimmerman where he knew he was on the yellow card and he still committed that kind of foul. That's poor decision making by by Walker there. So can't really argue too much on that one. Uh the expected goals, uh the chat the opportunity from the chances uh, was 1.3 to 0.9 in Nashville's favor. Um so you know, again, we probably should have scored at least a goal in this game and we just couldn't. Um, so my kind of one line summary. So is despite having the man advantage for most of the second half, we were unable to capitalize on this and walked away with nothing. Did we deserve anything? No. If you're not putting the, if you're not putting the chances away and if you can't get it on target, then you really don't deserve anything. So yeah. That was really frustrating. Going to bed with that kind of defeat just hurt a little bit. Wasn't happy. Seeing another defeat. We moved on. We moved on. Uh, because it was a quick turnaround. We had the 4th of July uh, game, uh, which happens every season, uh, every year. And this was against FC Dallas. Uh, which I think it feels like we play them quite often on on this on the on that day on the 4th of July or we tend to play teams who are in the western conference on on the 4th of July i just need to see if this rings true now so 4th of July uh we played Orlando last year and we won 5-3 i really should have probably looked this up but i didn't even think about it at the time uh, de- 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 if my internet wants to load obviously you guys can still hear me whilst I'm doing this live uh, oh, actually we didn't do uh, a 4th of July game in 2021 it was the 3rd of July and we beat uh, Toronto 7-1 2020 I don't think we did anything because obviously that was the pandemic I think that was the MLS's back tournament. I'm just waiting for it to load. Uh, yeah, there was no 4th of July game in 2020. I feel like it was when we had the uh, when we had Rooney playing. I'm sure we played FC Dallas or Houston Dynamo. One of the two. Uh, July, July, July. Yeah, 2019 we played FC Dallas. Uh, just kind of weird. Uh, 2018. Uh, we played LA Galaxy uh, away. Very weird that they would do a Fourth of July game not in DC. I'm still waiting to see one that we had. I'm um, so far. I'm I'm in 2017. Fourth of July. Uh, 2017 was in FC Dallas. Uh, hmm. Doesn't feel very random, these fixtures. Um, they feel very tailored. So, if anyone knows when the last time we played at home on the 4th of July, uh, we didn't do it in 2016. This is it. It's gone back quite a way. So, I'm just looking at 2015, see if there's anything there. Uh, not quite, but we ended up playing Seattle Sounders on the 3rd of July uh, in Seattle. So, yeah, we tend to play against Western Conference teams in the Western Conference on 4th of July. That's unfair. MLS, what are you doing? Get your act together. We want a 4th of July game in DC. That's what we want. There's a particular reason for it. Is there anything happening in the area on 4th of July that would prevent us from having a game? Hmm. That could be. Could be that. That could be the reason. So, I would think that would take thousands. Uh, 
others just coming in the chat there. So I'm going to look, but my guess is our main event on July 4th here is so big. Any sport event would be too much national fireworks. Uh, okay. Fair enough. And I don't imagine that would be, it would be easy if it was on a weekend because you could potentially do it, do the game during the day and then have the national fireworks. I'm assuming those happen in the evening because you want to see the fireworks and usually need nighttime to be able to see them. So Washington Nationals played on the fourth this year, but it was only after. Yeah. Cool. So, so if it was going to be on the 4th of July, it would be during the day on a weekend. So there's a few things that need to fall into place before it happens again. So I would love to see it in DC. I would love to actually get out there for, for that as well. Do a 4th of July in, in Washington. That would be lovely. Um, we'll see if we can make it happen. Um, but yeah, so we played FC Dallas uh, for the umpteenth time on 4th of July in Dallas. Um it's a, a good result, 1-0 win. Um, it was a heavily changed lineup as well. So we had uh, Bono coming in uh, into the starting 11. Um, seemed like it was a beautiful day um, for it to happen. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to think of other YouTube puns, but, you know, I can't think of it right now. I, I did a few on Twitter. Um, so follow me, twitter.com forward slash DC United Kingdom. If you're still on Twitter, um, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, feels very weird saying that Twitter's been the one place that you could trust for soccer content, but it feels like there's a lot of happening on threads right now, uh, especially from in the female game as well. That seems to be booming on their uh, threads, whether it's just because it's what I follow, um, soccer in general, but yeah, it seems to be good. So. Through this game, we had some players who earned Team of the Match honours, Team of the Match Day honours. Uh, Fantas, uh, Steve Birnbaum, Bono and Pedro Santos were all in the Team of the Match Day, which is brilliant. Uh, it's been a while since we have four players, uh, so I'm very pleased about that. Bono kept a clean sheet um, on his first MLS start for the club, so congratulations, Bono. Uh, Roberta returned. Uh, very weird to see that because uh, he's been out since March 25th. So great to see him come back and add a bit of depth to the attacking line because um, it's been a little bit light because uh, you've had Ted out, you've had Roberta out, um, which has left Enteke and Fletcher, really, and Taxi as the recognized strikers or forwards, I should say. So great to have that there. It might mean that now he's back, Clicky could potentially drop into that central midfield role, but we've also got Dirk in there as well. Um, but yeah, move back to the game. Birnbaum, there's no wonder why he's in the, in the team of the match day with an astonishing 100% aerial dual rate win. 100%. Every header he went for, he won. That's awesome. Fair play, Steve. Fair play. Um, I will. I I do have my hat, so I can tip my hat to you. Um, I might just actually take these headphones off because just to do that properly. There we go. Um, let's put that back on. I really shouldn't have done that. Sorry about that. Uh, so stats wise, forty six point six percent to fifty three point four possession for in DC United's favour. Uh, Dallas had 11 shots. We had eight. So it was the flip away round this time. Uh, Dallas only had one on target. We only had two. So again, very light on shots on target. Um, need to see that improved. Uh, foul count 14 to nine. Uh, but we also picked up three yellow cards in this game. Whilst Dallas didn't get any, even though they committed more fouls. Hmm. Again, this could, I mean, the refereeing in MLS is just, um, something that needs to improve, I want to say, without being uh, too hard or too critical. Uh, then, let's have a look. Go uh, 1.3 to 0.5 expected goals. Um, so we really absolutely stole this one, um, which is my headline for this game. Uh, absolutely stole this one, especially with the change lineup. I'm very happy. So we have Bono, Fletcher, Canales, Ruan, 
under Sarth coming into the lineup. Obviously, Robbie came in um, later on in the game. But with something like this, and the fact that it's our first win in Dallas for 17 years, that just shows the strength and depth that we we're actually getting now. And those players who aren't considered your standard starters are showing their willingness to fight for the place. Um, we've got Miami coming up this weekend and it's all to play for. Um, Miami, who have recently announced Messi. Um, who cares about Messi when you've got King Pines? Um, yeah, it's just... It's nice to see that we can have this much changed lineup and still get three points on the road with a clean sheet. Uh, brilliant. Love it. That's what, that's the antidote to what happened on at the weekend um, against Nashville. So very happy. We can move on. And that leads us to the Miami game this weekend. Uh, but before we do, I didn't do it at the start of the show. Uh, but the new thing that I want to do each week, which is to kind of give everybody, give you guys out there, um, a little bit of extra knowledge about America. Um, because I understand that we've got listeners who are from the USA and might not know bits about the different places and about the teams and where they're from. So today, strange and useless facts about USA, the Miami D edition. So I've been looking at some facts and some good facts and some weird facts and some strange and useless facts, but I've come up with some th- with three different facts. So we've got, so Miami, we know they're home to Inter Miami, but they're also home to four other major league sports teams. You've got Miami Dolphins, who are NFL. You've got Miami Heat, who are playing the NBA. The Miami Marlins, who are in major league base- baseball. And the Florida Panthers, who are NHL. And then obviously you've got Inter Miami who play in Fort Lauderdale. Um, Florida Panthers also play in Greater Miami. Um, so those are your five, five major league sports teams. Um, they've got an abundance of other minor league teams as well. Um, so sports is huge in Miami. So really good. It's other facts about that. I think that 70% is uh, Latino in the population as well. Miami, its city itself, is home to 500,000 people, whilst Greater Miami is home to a hell of a lot more. Um, so Miami, when people think of Miami, they think of Miami, so it's not the actual Greater. Um, I mean, think it's busy, there's a lot bigger population, but it's tourism. Um, Miami was a popular spot for pirates, did you know? Um, famous pirates, including Blackbeard, Gasparilla, and Jean Lafitte often visited Miami shorelines to bury their treasures. It is confirmed by tourists and locals alike who've discovered everything from gold and silver to trinkets and jewellery, both underwater and underground. Can you tell I read that verbatim from a website? Um, and then lastly, Miami has only seen snow once in its official meteorological history. Once has Miami seen snow. That happened on January 19th, 1977. So it's been a while. Um, it goes on to say, in fact, snow is a big exaggeration for the flurries the city experienced on that day. Um, in other words, uh, this is, feels a bit weird to say this bit, but the chances of a white Christmas out in Miami are slimmer than seeing Trump jogging in a bikini. And if that doesn't want to make you throw up, I don't know what will. Um, oh, sorry to say that. But, you know, there you go. Anyway, the game this weekend. Miami. Into Miami at Audi Field. Saturday, July 8th. Kicking off at 7.39pm Eastern Time. 39 minutes past midnight. British summer time. And it is on MLS Season Pass. Sir. If you want to watch this game, you need to make sure you have the paid subscription rather than, it's, rather than it being free. So make sure you get yourself on that. It is currently half price, I want to say, at the moment. So if you've not signed up to it, might as well. You get every game. Where, where else can you get good that kind of value for money for soccer? 
you certainly can't get it in the UK uh, if you want to watch the Premier League because that would cost you a buy. It's like the same cost for half-season MLS season pass for a single month of Premier League football. It's just, and then, and then you've got the mid-season and you're like, you're paying for something that you're not getting. So yeah, it, it riles me that. No wonder people try and stream it illegally because it costs so flipping much. I genuinely believe that this model that Apple have done for MLS is a fantastic model and it should be should be seen across other leagues across the world. Because can you imagine going, I think it cost me £80 for the year um, to watch all MLS. If you go 80 quid for all Premier League games, brilliant. You can watch anyone you want at any time. Would that prevent you from going to a Premier League game? Probably not. If it's local to you, I don't have a Premier League team near me. But if I did, I'd know if I couldn't make it to the game, at least I could still watch it. (laughs) I could still be a fan. But no, if you want to watch it without paying anything, you still got to pay a TV license, but it's wait until match of the day on the evening. On a Saturday evening or Sunday evening. I, yeah, I don't know. It just annoys me. Um, but yeah, anyway, moving back to that. Head to head wise, um, there's only been six fixtures between the two sides. Uh, DC have a record of four wins, uh, one defeat and one draw. Um, our recent form, as I said before, it's a bit sketchy, so we're consistently inconsistent right now. We have won two games in the last five, won two, lost three. Um, but of course, we're coming off that brilliant result against uh, FC Dallas midweek. Miami, though, have not won in the league since May the 13th. That record stretches to nine games uh, where they've drawn twice and lost seven. They lost seven in a row. Um, the last two games have been draws back-to-back uh, against Austin, which was a 1-1 draw, and Columbus, which was 2-2. Both of those were at home, though. <clears throat> the uh, last game against... <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. The last game against uh, Columbus, um, Joseph Martinez scored an absolute galazzo, um in the 90th minute. Um, that was his 104th MLS league goal. Um, so fair play. It was a nice little uh, dink across from Capania. Um, bit of a half uh, bicycle from Martinez to hit it into the roof of the net. Can't argue with that. And that's something we really need to be aware of this weekend um, is both Campania and Martinez. They're both very good strikers for very different reasons. Uh, Campania is more of your Benteke style um, attacker, tall, strong, um, likes the ball play to him um, directly. So we're going to need some strong defense on that. Pines needs to, if he starts, needs to be all over him. Uh, make sure he's got those long legs that he has uh, in front, staying on the ball. Um, Martinez is your, so your quick little, more of a complete forward. Um, he's good in the air. Um, but he's also good with the ball at his feet as well. So, yeah, really tough um, game this weekend for that reason. Um, and what we've probably seen in the last couple of games, anyway, since Messi, since the announcement of Messi, is the players that have been fighting a lot more. They've obviously got new manager in Tata Martino as well, but they'll be fighting because they'll want to play with my, uh, with Messi. They'll want to be fighting uh, so they can be on that pitch alongside Lionel Messi and probably Sergio Biscuit and rumours of uh, uh, Jordi Alba and Sergio Ramos. Where are they getting these DP slots from? I do not know. And they've been in trouble before for salary cap breaches. Something needs to happen and something needs to be kept an eye on because they currently have. I was looking on MLS website. According to MLSsoccer.com, they've got already got four DPs. What the hell? 
Uh, Gregor is out for until September, so he could be out from that side of things, but that means they've got three. So what's happening there? Pizarro, Martinez, and Campagna are the three DPs that they've got Gregor to be... I don't know. So Messi comes in. One of those players is going to be going. It's got to go. Because um, they're all on big money and I can't imagine they're going to get bought down uh, to a TAM level deal. So, yeah. Things will need to be looked at. Um, and if they're not, questions need to be asked uh, because that it won't, it was not fair on any of the teams. And I don't think it's very fair from what Messi's getting out of this deal as well uh, for the other teams and for the fans as well. I think it's an absolute disgrace, but that's another story. Great for the league to see the player come in, one of the greatest players of all time um, coming to the league. But the deal is shady and I'm not happy about that. Um, so anyway, uh, back to sort of a breakdown. So going back to the fixture the last year, um, we took a 2-1 road victory um, in Fort Lauderdale. Pines scoring, if you can't remember that one, he scored with his groin. Kind of just, bull- he just shuffled his way into the net with it. Um, very funny. Great, great goal. Uh, loved it. And then Ben Taki scored in the 90th minute as well. But there was plenty of other time. I think it was like eight or nine minutes. And Miami scored in the 92nd minute, which meant it was squeaky bum time. Um, very much squeaky bum. But we got through and we got the victory that we needed. Uh, looking at how Miami play, uh, they do like to keep the ball. So, so far this season, they have had an average of 53% of the ball so far. So they like to keep the ball. They like to pass a lot as well uh, with 479.8, well, basically 480 passes per game. We have 416 passes a game and we only keep the ball for pretty much 50% of the time. Um, so that's probably going to be one of those things that we're going to see this weekend is the fact that we won't have as much of the ball. So we need to be make sure we're clinical and we're counter-attacking very well. Um, so other things, Ted, uh, Pietro is still going to be sidelined for a few more weeks. Uh, JZ and, um, oh, who was the other person? He was injured. JZ and obviously Martin Rodriguez. Uh, there's three of them are still out injured for this weekend. Uh, ben Teke returns from suspension. He picked up his fifth yellow card against Nashville, which meant he missed uh, FC Dallas. But that was probably a good thing to give him a little bit of a rest. Um, ready for this weekend. Um, so yeah, so looking at the squad for Inter Miami. Um, as I mentioned, it, according to the MLS website, there's four DPs. Uh, Leo Campagna, who's a young uh, designated player, Joseph Martinez, Rodolfo Pizarro, and Gregor, who are all DPs. Yeah, you can have a maximum of three. So something needs to be checked out there. I'm hoping it's something with the MLS website that they've got, they've made a mistake. Mm-hmm. I made a mistake with Gregor, but still, what the hell's going to happen when Messi joins? That needs to be. That needs to be checked out by someone. Um, they don't have any under 22 initiative players. And they have one generation. I did ask playing Robbie Robinson, who I've seen a couple of times before. He's a very good forward. Um, strong, athletic. Yeah. Um, if he was in the DC team, I wouldn't argue. He's decent enough. He can do it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, for me, this weekend, the keys to the match to get in the victory that we should guess is keeping Martinez quiet, um, out of the game, not allowing Miami to make the forward pass that often. Um, and just make sure that they pass either sideways or backwards just to frustrate the hell out of them. That's going to be a big thing. And then, like we were in the first, in the return fixture, been a bit rough with their back line. Um, ben Taki managed to get a play sent off in the first game in the seventh minute um, when he utilizes his strength um, his power his first touch is great 
if you could do that again against Miami this weekend, I'm sure we're going to get that win. Um, so my prediction for this weekend, um, we should expect this game to be a game where Miami will control a few periods of that game. I did initially put long periods, but probably not long periods, but quite a few instances of play. Um, but we will, I think we will be victorious this weekend. And I think it will be a 2-0. I think we'll keep back-to-back clean sheets this weekend. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, but that's what we're here for. We're here to see this yeah, beautiful game called soccer. And I'm here all day, every day for it. Um, so yeah, that's my preview. Um, I'd love to know what you guys think this weekend and how it's going to go. Um, do you think we're going to get a win? What's going to happen? Um, but whilst I see those comments coming through, we're going to go through some fan questions. So again, if you've got any questions, please write them into the chat. Um, I didn't even realize it was Eric who was replying. So nice to see you, Eric. Um, I hope you're not missing Twitter too much uh, after what's going down. If you're on um, Instagram or even on threads, uh, come join me at DCUKFC, same as my Instagram handle. Um, we've got lots going on on there. It seems to be really good. I'm enjoying threads. I'm actually enjoying it quite a bit. Um, let's just have a look. Yeah, we've got more followers over on threads. It's kick. I was about to say it's kicking off, but it's soccer. That would be that's an actual good pun. That one. Um, cool. So, fun questions. Probably time we should do that. So, first up, Richard, uh, a member, asked two questions. He asked two questions. Uh, first one was, uh, he says, just wondering, do you think Alex Bono gets more opportunities or does Tyler Miller slot back into goal? I mean, he kept a clean sheet against FC Dallas. I think he sticks, uh, my head says, really sticks with Tyler Miller. I think he was just using this as an opportunity for to see what Bono can do. See, Miller has just been in the spotlight quite a bit with his um, sweeper keeping um, and the way he tends to come out and how he's been exploited a couple of times for that. So I do see Bono get more opportunities because of that. And if that means Miller just stays out of the spotlight for a couple of games, just to let things calm down a bit for him, then fine. Um, like I said, we we saw him keep a clean sheet. If he can keep doing that, brilliant. Happy days. Not going to argue. So yeah, um, I think he will get more opportunities. Um, I mean, Rooney might say we'll be there with or without you, uh, with Bono. Um, or he might just be on the streets where they have no name. Um, I'm trying, But you never know. It might well be a beautiful day on Saturday and Bono will get on in the lineup. I'm going to leave it there. Um, Richard's second question, um, which is, who do you think is, is the best combination of centre-backs uh, DC United has this season? Now, you know I'm a 4-2 kind of guy. You know that. I've talked about it many times. If we were talking about a fullback formation, it would be Heinz and Williams. If we're talking three back formation with three centre backs, it's going to be Williams, Pines, and Heinz No burn bath. Sorry, Steve. I just think the time has come um, to rest those legs. Um, I see it becoming a bit of a brilliant situation where you come in when you need it. Um, but I think it's time. We've seen Williams has been a standout performer, I think, uh, in the back line. Pines has had one hell of a season. Um, best season yet in the black and red. Hindsight, great to see him come back. But we've also had Paulson, who's been really good at centre-back as well. Um, but yeah, the any combination... Unfortunately for me, just doesn't include Steve anymore. Um, I mean, difficult to say that when he had 100% aerial duel wins in the week 
and he's one of the best in the air. But unfortunately, it's we've seen too many times where he's just been left for dead. Um, age has just crept up on him. And that's it. I've got nothing against the guy. Um, he's had some great games over the years. He's been, it's very rare to see, but a one-club man. And I just think it's just time for him just to start settling down, moving away from the from the main 11 and just let, let the other guys just take the reins. So, yeah, sorry, Steve, but that's how I feel right now. Um, so, yeah, no combination includes Steve, but three back would be, I would say, Williams on the left, Pines in the centre. Actually, no, Pines on the left, Williams in the centre, Heinzeich on the right. It's two-back formation. It would be the Williams and Heinzeich, Williams and Pines. Um, I don't think Pines and Heinzeich go well together. Um, but yeah, that's how I see it. Next question, because we've had a, f- a good few, which I'm pleased to see. Thank you very much for sending these in. So Victor over on Instagram uh, sent this one is question in, which I did give a little tease earlier on in this episode, if you were listening. Uh, DC Knight MVP for the season so far. Now, we've had a few standout players so far this season. Um, you could make the case for any number of players. Um, you could make the case for Pines. Um, I think he's been brilliant, um, especially the way he was at the start of the year. Uh, I mean, that's the start of the year. The last couple of years, he's had a few. Um, issues and a few mistakes made but this year he's been brilliant Um, absolutely solid at the back a couple of times where there's been a couple of miscommunication issues but other than that generally speaking Pines has been brilliant Um, Williams um, since Birnbaum picked up that injury towards the start of the year and Williams came in he's not looked back and he's been absolutely solid Uh, when we went to that three back formation He's picked up a goal. Um, yeah, I just don't really see him making too many mistakes that in, in the games. So you could make a case for him. You could make a case for Lewis O'Brien, um, who we've talked about earlier on in the episode, who's been absolutely solid. Um, keeps going for 90-odd minutes every game that he plays. Box to box, um, you see him at the back defending, picking up the ball, bringing it forward. You see him at the at the top having to go a goal. You see him everywhere. Um, so you can make the case for Lewis O'Brien. Um, you could make the case for Christian Benteke, who's had a really good season so far. You see him; he's brilliant in the air. You see him bringing other players into play with his first touch and his hold up play. He's scoring goals. Um, He's a player, again, who's actually quite a bit all over the pitch as well. So you see him dropping deep. You see him up at the top. You see him getting caught off sides quite a lot. Um, so there's there's those players. Tyler Miller, apart from those times when he's been caught out of his goal, he's come a big quite a few times for us. He's made some really good saves. Um, you look at it a couple of months ago, we were absolutely singing his prices before he got caught out. But you know, it's it's one of those. So you can make the case for a number of players, but if I was going to... I mean, I haven't even mentioned Click yet, um, who has kind of kind of a little bit gone under the radar. He had a good start, and he's had a bit, little, bit of, little bit of a down, a little bit down, and then he's gone back up again. Um, but Click is another player. Um, but my top... <sighs> my heart wants to give it to Pines. So for me so far this year, I think Pines is my MVP. Done. That's it. Pines. Agree, disagree. I want to know. Is part who would be your MVP so far this season? Yeah. Pines, MVP. Congratulations so far this season. Um, then last question from Brian. Who, uh, Heather, agree Pines is having his best season. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I'm so pleased for him. He scored goals. Oh, uh, uh, Matt Stard coming in with Ben Teke. Nice to see you in the show again. Um, yeah, Ben Teke, he's, I th- again, like I said, I think you can make a case for quite a few players so far this season. And it's nice to be able to go along with that. Yes, we've had a bit of an up and down season. We've been consistently inconsistent, but when we compare it to the last few years, it's so much better. So much better. Getting nice wins. We're keeping clean sheets. Um, we've got players who are actually, we've got a team who are willing to play for each other and fight for each other as well. So, and I think you could probably also MVP. Bentec has been so good in so many roles and he's made other players better. Yeah. And you can see, I don't know if you've seen um, some of the clips that the club release uh, when Benteke has been captain. He's actually been really good. And you don't, I don't think you would say it was the kind of character who would be a captain. Your typical style of captain, anyway. The leader, the, the one who's loud, the one who's always rallying the troops, the one who's in your face. Um, but Ben Saki is the kind of guy who you would look up to. And I think that's a sign of a great leader. He's He's got the respect uh, from his colleagues. And what more can you ask for? A uh, different team when he's not inside. Absolutely. We have to play in a different way because he brings a unique role that we just don't have with any other player right now. Um, the fact that we can play it long to him and he just holds the ball and brings other players into the game. Um, we just don't have that. Taxi isn't that kind of guy. Um, Robbie's not that kind of guy. It just We just don't have anyone else up top. The only person you could probably do it with is Steve. Um, if you want to lump it up top and get someone in the air. Um, but other than that, yeah, difficult. Um, hold up play being out of this world, 100%. And that's why he's been talked about so much as well um, throughout the MLS uh, league, especially with the analysts and everyone. When I, when you see the things like the MLS 360, the preview show um, before the games, they're always, Benteke's mentioned all the time whenever DC's talked about. It's great. And that's really good to see. And we've also got to remember Rooney for that fact as well. Um, he was the one who made that call to Benteke and got him over. So, you know, we've got him to thank. Um, Last question from Brian, who's a DCK member. Uh, a little bit of a different one. Um, with a win on Sunday for his Annapolis Blues FC, um, who also uh, Dave Johnson follows as well. Now, uh, they will go undefeated in their inaugural season with that win on, if they win on Sunday. Um, they would have, uh, they've got a home advantage throughout the playoffs and possibly finish in the top five nationally in a league that has more than 100 sides in total. How does that even work? 100 sides in the league. That's just brilliant. This is why I love American football, American soccer. It's so different. It's brilliant. Love it. But he's asked, what's been my best and worst experience when it comes to lower league football? Um, I mean, lower league football for me... I've not experienced too much of it. The lowest kind really is championship level. Um, can't really say too much more than that, but I think my worst experience isn't actually championship, but um, seeing the ticket prices for uh, Cheltenham Town, um, who generally play in League 2, ridiculous pricing. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, stadium's a bit dreary, not particularly great. Uh, I think it's like an 8,000 capacity stadium um, called Warden Road. Um, They usually have a sponsor. Oh yeah, so now it's no longer called Warden Road. It's called the completely Suzuki Stadium. Um, There's capacity 7,000 and it's just very, very expensive um, to go and watch them. Um, 
I just remember when I last when I last looked at going to see Cheltenham Town because that's down the road for me. Uh, I looked at it and the tickets, pre-season ticket, because I thought if I'm going to go, that's that's who I'd go and see. The season tickets were just as expensive as it was to go and see my actual UK, uh, English team, Millsborough, who are in the Premier League. How does that work? How does that work? It's just wrong. Um, so yeah, I obviously didn't go see Cheltenham Town. Um, to be fair, I've not actually been to a game over here in quite a long time because of things like that. Um, I'm trying to remember that the actual last time I was in a game in the UK, and this is really bad for me to say, it's back in 2012. Um, it's been over a decade since I've been to a game over here. I've been to more games in the US than I have in the UK since I moved to the southwest of England in 2009. It's pretty bad, isn't it? But, you know, this is how it is. It's just too, it's just so expensive. Um, the area, the area of the country I live in is quite an affluent area, so prices are higher anyway, so the cost of living is more expensive. But, yeah. Um, just in February, saw Wrexham and for a so so seat, 25 pounds. Yeah, and I think it's kind of um, I wasn't a lower league, but it felt like lower league was Southampton, um, not at the St. Mary Stadium, but at that old stadium at the Dell, um, where it was all made out of wood, and the seat I got was behind a pillar. I couldn't really watch the game. That was weird. Um, I was a long way to go for that. Then Goodison Park uh, in the away end, wooden seats again for a Premier League team. Wooden seats, it's not good at all. Um, that was a little while ago when I went to see them play. Uh, that was Everton versus Middlesbrough. Um, that was a good day, that one, actually. Um then who else have I seen lower league best experience would be obviously Millsborough um, last time I went to see them we played Hull City uh, and that was on Boxing Day in 20 I think it was 2012 when I sold the play and we won 2 now. it was a 28,000 um, attendance when in the season that we were getting 15 16,000 per game and we played some good stuff um, and I think the best experience so far to lower league football is seeing how this past season the National League has just been absolutely entertaining uh, with Notts County and Wrexham. The fact that two teams got over 100 points is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous to see two teams do that. And, and I'm glad Notts County were able to get promoted. Saw Bradford Park, haven't you? Oh, wow. Bradford BA. Amazing. See, see them on Football Manager. Um, that's awesome. Bradford BA. Oh, amazing. I really need to get to back to going to games over here. Um, need to start doing it again because it's so entertaining. Um, yeah, I really should do it. But hopefully I'll be back in DC in September to come and see a couple more games. Um, there are your team growing up. That's different. That's what I'm going to say. It's different. Bradford PA growing up. Amazing. Um, yeah. I'll be back in September. Go and see DC versus Atlanta and Ripples. So keep an eye out for that. Um, yeah, that's about it. That's it for today's show. Nice to get another episode back over an hour again. Um, good content, I think, we've added this last week. Um, I know it's been a couple of weeks since I've last done an episode, but, you know, I'm so happy to see everyone coming in, joining the chat there. Uh, they say, come and see me on threads if you're not on there, um, which is at DCKFC. So it's the same as my Instagram handle. Um, I had the fastest 
goal scored in the Football League of Jim Fryer scored four seconds into the game. Fair play. Fair play. That must have been right from kickoff then. Lit- like literally bang, bang, shot, goal, done. Um, yeah, if you want to support the podcast and support the show in any way, shape or form, um, feel free to buy merch like like this t-shirt. Um, DCNightKingdom.com forward slash DCUK store. If you click on, if you look at the links in the description, you'll see a bio link, which has the link to the, um, to the merch, merchandise. There's a lot of stuff on there. Like I said, shirts, jerseys, um, uh, pint glasses, um, travel mugs as well. Um, a range of stuff on there. So if you buy anything on there, great helps go towards the cost and everything. Um, if you want to become a DCUK member, you can do. There is also the paid membership as well, which goes a long way to helping um, support the show and support what I do. Because um, it all costs money at the end of the day. Um, anything that helps is totally appreciated. Um, but yeah, that's it for this week. I will obviously be back next week with another episode. And yeah, that's it. And I will see you all later. Um, hopefully we'll get those uh, three points this weekend against Miami. Remember, keys to the match, keep Martinez quiet, frustrate the passing, and get Bentaki on the ball. Um, yeah, until next time, Vamos United. Tell them, tuck the calendar for the quote. All record, all record eyes still want to act, not the ghost.